episode of Childhood Ruined. I am one of your hosts, Michael Mallon, and joining me is Chris Bettefield. Chris, how are you? <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm hanging in there, f- full of holiday cheer. Yes, we were we were joking right before we hit record here that this is our biannual <laughs> episode. Uh, it's been a little while. It's been since September. And this is going up hopefully the first week of January, so we're recording this just the weekend of uh, New Year's Eve, and uh, 2017's been a year. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, in fairness, we have legit excuses for, for why this has you know, been such a long layoff, and at some point, I think we're going we're gonna to get into it, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll maybe let those things... Uh, lie and heal for a little while but we'll we'll get to it at some point yes we'll we'll certainly get into it but it's not going to be right now um so stay tuned for for that it'll be an interesting conversation and we'll cross that bridge when we get to it but one of, <laughs> one of the things we got a few things to check in about it's been like i said been a while since we recorded so a lot has happened yep but wanted to start off with one of your christmas presents to your son yeah, I, I wanted I to like hear that. all about that because we haven't had a chance to talk about this yet. Yeah, it was a hundred percent for my son, by the way, too. Yeah. So, what what did your son get from Santa? Uh, one of the things that he got was one of these. Um, you know, it it's the it's basically the dual stick controllers that, like, if you wanted to play Street Fighter at home and have that arcade console feel to it, you know, it's got the double sticks and the double set of six buttons. And I think that's actually what these all originally were, were just that peripheral for, you know, PlayStation or whatever. But they have then modified them. They've put a little Raspberry Pi computer in it with a emulator software and, in this case, 999 arcade games. All, you know, fully licensed and legal, I'm sure, because <laughs> I'm virtually sure this came from China. Or the East, anyway. Um, so and is the FBI going to be knocking on your door after this <laughs> podcast post? You know, they're available on Amazon and eBay, so you know, I don't, I, I don't think so. It wasn't like I, d- I made some sort of back alley deal to get this. Oh, you bought it online? It must be legit. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Will, my son, really likes retro games. He spends a fair amount of time. Playing some of the old retro, you know, collections that have come out for various consoles. He really likes the old Metal Slug games, which were like the um, Neo Geo for people that remember What's what that, that is. What's that game he was playing when I was over there? Like Dude Bro or something? Uh, <laughs> uh, that might be, I think you're thinking of um, Bro Force. Bro Force, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is a, a new indie game, but very much in with the feel of of an older game like right, that like contra or something like that yep yep and so that's what this is is this this console has the arcade contra has the arcade bionic commando has a zillion of the street fighter games has you know all the metal slug games has the old samurai showdown games which i love but you know maybe not that many people know and a million of the kind of brawler double dragon type games and i guess i think it has final fight i believe it does have final fight i don't have it you know in front of moonwalker for sure has moonwalker 
that you're talking about hours and hours of enjoyment. Yeah. Um, and you know, we've certainly had some fun sitting down side by side and playing like, uh, especially kind of like the co-op brawler type games. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I used to have a little bit of a street fighter addiction back in the day. So I was kind of looking forward to getting back on that. And that on the other hand has been kind of making me laugh because, um, you know, there's a few different things that have come up in life that are sort of good barometers of maybe when all is not quite right in my world. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so one of them that I can – like uh, sort of the original one is like any time that I would take Carolina basketball losses way too hard, you know, when you're like a kid or a teenager, you kind of don't – have that self-awareness but as i started to get a little bit older i would know if i was getting really upset about that 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 probably meant there was other things in my life that i was really upset about and, and street fighter 2 was another one of those that like i got a little obsessed with and we get really really angry about you know not playing it as well as i thought i should you know should be able to and that was kind of another point in my life that i had to kind of check myself and say you're you're not really upset about this stupid video game you're you're upset about other stuff in your life and so funny enough i like you know get this console i'm excited to play it again and you know i <laughs> i think the, the reality here is just that my video game prime was many many moons ago um but i'm playing street fighter and getting mad at it again and then like stopping and saying huh <laughs> something's never changed what else could be going on here <laughs> right. Like well, when Street Fighter, the Street Fighter Two came out, what ninety two? Yeah, I'm guessing it's probably even a little bit earlier yeah, than that because, but but right around then because I think by Christmas of ninety three, I got the um the super or yeah the Super Nintendo version of street fighter 2 so yeah right right around there so it's saying uh good old wikipedia uh originally released for the arcades in 1991 yeah that sounds right what is causing you to rage in street fighter 2 playing <laughs> well, it 25 30 years later <laughs> yeah so i'm you know i'm playing with you know who should be the cheapest easier character to just kind of breeze through the game with and like 1993 chris would go through and not drop like you know playing against a computer would not drop a game against you know anyone through the whole game and just struggling to get through the basic people let alone get to those last three bosses and when i do get to last three bosses just get my ass handed to me so so the three bosses were vega and then so so yeah it was it's Balrog, Vega, and M. Bison. Right. And it, and as video game nerds know, it, it, they switched the names of two of those bosses. They had a boxer that was very much supposed to be Mike Tyson and named him M. Bison. And then they got shy that, you know, they were going to get sued or something like that. So that at some point in the development, they just switched the names. So problem solved. <laughs> yep. So have you beaten it with anybody yet? No. Okay. 
which is just you know has your son beaten it with anybody yet has he already figured it out he, no he played it a little bit and i started teaching him what the special moves are but you know i remember when i had it for um super nintendo and you had to use a regular, regular control pad that's what i was always saying it's like oh it's you know so much harder to pull off the special moves with this and you know now i have the arcade stick and it's still hard to pull off the special moves <laughs> consistently especially this many years down the line and i th- i truly think that's the real story here like you know i'm getting a little frustrated and i think a little bit it's about like you know maybe other things that I'm really frustrated about, as I alluded to before, but I also think it's just that realization of like, uh, uh Oh, like you just don't have the reflexes to do this. Like you did. Well, do you think it's that? Cause I've, I've certainly made that joke about myself before. And we're talking about like, Oh, we're past our prime as, as gamers. And I think with, you know, Twitch reflexes and that's probably mm-hmm. true. And I think the other thing is I just remember playing Street Fighter 2, not even hours. I mean, for weeks, like my friends and I would go to the arcade, either at the mall or the boardwalk, and we'd we'd stand there for hours and just play and had so much practice doing that. Mm -hmm. And now, like, you pick it up and you might play for a half hour or so here and there, and, like, all those skills have atrophied, I'm sure. Yeah, but, you know, and I I agree with you, and I think that if I wanted to spend weeks, you know, quote-unquote training to be good at it again, like, I'm sure I could get reasonably good at playing at least the... Can you videotape that and then put it together in a montage? (laughs) You're the best around, because... That that is almost worth doing. That would be amazing. (laughs) But, you know, I just... And some wristbands and really get into it. (laughs) Yes, I think that, um, you know, if you think about like your ceiling, you know, your your absolute best, though, that has come way, 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 way down, no matter how much time I spent. And because like the instincts are still there, like for the people that I play the most, like I kind of remember what I'm supposed to be doing it. Just the execution is not happening. So (laughs) what other games have you tried out on this device? Uh, let's see. We ran through a decent amount of, I think it's called Sengoku 3, which is like a, it's like a side-scrolling, side-scrolling brawler with swords, basically, and okay. some special moves and stuff. It, um, and he me- immediately made me play Altered Beast, even though he's played that game so many times, because we have a... A Genesis collection, so it's like the arcade version, but it's more or less the same, and it's just... That's a classic. You know, it is, but it's one of those games that, like, when you go back and play it again now, you're like, this game is not particularly interesting (laughs) or (laughs) well-designed. Well, I remember we went to, about two months ago, we went to a a club bar here in town called Updown uh, in Minneapolis, Mm -hmm. And I was really... I have, a, I have a new friend that refers to it as the upside down. Oh, <laughs> nice. I was trying to give them credit as, a, as that was like autocorrected as they texted to me, but nope. Nice. <laughs> so Up Down is a bar that just features a bunch of stand-up arcade games, and they're mm-hmm. everywhere. And it's mm-hmm. from that era, it's Street Fighter 2, Mortal Kombat, 
but it also had thing games like NFL Blitz and the mm-hmm. NHL Open Ice and NBA Jam games. And it also had Moonwalker, which we talked about earlier. So, yeah, and I played Moonwalker, and it was rough. <laughs> yep. It was not – it did not live up to my memories of – I just remember back in the day, it was kind of like this amazing game. But anyway, being at that bar was like a lot of fun, but it was also a little overwhelming. It was just mm-hmm. – it was very crowded too. It was like almost – it was kind of difficult to enjoy the games. But yeah, I guess some of those memories are just best left as memories. I guess that's what you're trying to get at. You know, I do think there's an element of that. Like, you know, you have this memory of some of these games being so great because they were the absolute pinnacle of technology at the time. And then some of them you may have encountered again in like retro collections and stuff and kind of be familiar with. And then some of them, like it may have been since you played it in the arcade and so like when you go back and see it now and play it you're like why why did i like this game like what was so awesome here but it varies like you know i think you know a lot of the games still hold up as being like fun and fun to play like maybe not um super deep but especially if you have like a friend like doing those co-op beat-em-up games is always fun and yeah like the, you know i think that collection has and we played it a bit at up down like mm-hmm. the, the x-men game where mm-hmm. you could be like six different characters is a big huge box arcade machine yep and you just it's just you sink quarters into it just because you want to beat the game <laughs> Right. So, you know, X-Men, um, Turtles, Simpsons, Teenage Mutant, and those are all on there, too. So those are fun. And then, you know, all of the fighting games do have a lot of replayability as long as, you know, you can approach them with the right attitude, which apparently I'm struggling with. Yeah. You know, I did write an article about anger and coping with stress in video games. Yeah, I know. Right. We've, we've <laughs> talked about this on this podcast before. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I got Legend in Hearthstone. That was exciting. Since we last, no, because I we record again after that. I, I'm I'm now forgetting. We may have, but that, I did that in August, and we posted on September second. So maybe yeah. I was discussing it. But yeah, I guess that's where I'm devoting a lot of my my game time to. I did take a little bit of a break from that and played Battle Chasers, which is kind of an old school ish game, even though it's just came out. I think earlier, mm-hmm. well, 2017 by the time this post last year, um, but it's like this kind of role-playing like RPG that you start off with some characters, you find new characters along the way. It's kind of mm-hmm. like Final Final Fantasy in some ways, and just this. It was just it. It's nothing new, but everything that it does, it does really well, and the art mm-hmm. is amazing. Um, so it's a great game. I had a good time with it. I played it for 50 hours, which for me these days is a huge investment of time. Um, so I definitely recommend that game if you haven't checked it out. Yeah, I personally have not. Um, my gaming time has become next to non-existent other than, you know, I squeeze in a fair amount of Eternal, which I know we've talked about on here before, but it is... Kind of right, situated right in between Hearthstone and Magic. Um, very familiar mechanics if you're a Magic player. Interface that looks like Hearthstone um, is the kind of thing that you can get in a, just a couple of games and 
10 or 15 minutes and then move on with your day. So that is by far my go-to thing that I've been playing. And you've gotten a bit in the back into Magic, or you played once or twice? Yeah, it's still been kind of a rough go. Um, I prefer to play Paper Magic. I haven't really been doing Magic online in quite a long time. Because, you know, getting out of their friends and the social aspect is definitely a big part of the draw for me. And, um, you know, the store we played at the most closed, um, I guess, you know, we're probably coming up on a year and a half or so ago. Um, and, yeah, it's just been a little bit difficult to, to get people together um, at different stores just because – the vibe at different stores is always different and um i like a lot of nerd hobbies do magic you know does attract some people that are um we'll say colorful personalities that maybe kind of (laughs) you know get a little bit old so it's nice when you have a store that's got a really good um group of people and that's kind of what we had and we've been sort of struggling to find that again so i think you know all of us that um you know i'm friends with that play you know we've we've done a few things here and there but um yeah it hasn't been much i did a couple of drafts for one of the big uh they release these master sets now that reprint some of the really powerful cards that they're allowed to reprint from the past and so those are always fun and they're really set up for drafting so i did a couple of those um at a store uh, nearby, but in up in St. Cloud, which is about an hour from me. And that's really been it. Yeah, that's a hike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a pretty well-known Magic Online player um, that runs that store, a very good player and a friend of some of my friends that play. Um, and so that's kind of been the place that we go to when there's something that we're interested in, just cause we, we know him and the, the crowd is, is decent there. Um, so yeah, it's still not been, you know, what I've been used to over the past, um, you know, until the last year and a half or so was playing, you know, more or less weekly, if not more than that. And like, didn't miss a pre-release and, you know, for each of the new sets and all that. And that has really died off. I, I, I also think for me, it's just kind of about priorities changing. Like, you know, well, yeah. but back in back in grad school and just all the other things that I've had going on, there's just been kind of different focuses. So we'll see. Yeah, it, it was a year. It was, in fact, a year. So shifting gears a little bit. So we kind of cover the games. Mm-hmm. The, the other big thing that came out and you and your son joined me for it was The Last Jedi. So yep. I w- wanted to get into that because we've talked about it a bit. Like we talked about it after we saw the movie, but that was just like a few minutes out in the lobby. And we've chit-chatted mm-hmm. here and there. I wrote a b- big article about it on, on my blog. and Yeah, sorry. I uh, I still haven't read that whole thing. <laughs> that's that's okay. You, you, don't need to, you don't need to read my stuff. Which, you know, if we can, you know, we'll get to the actual movie. But once again, like we realized as we were, you know, a bunch of us had dinner beforehand um, that there's a core group of us that were there that night that have seen every one of these since episode one, since the first prequel. So, you know six movies and counting over however many years that's been, we have seen them all the very first show at that very same theater, um, 
together each time um, without fail, <laughs> which is yeah. kind of uh, kind of remarkable in and of itself. And, you know, it's to the point now that like we're all grad school age, um, you know, for the first one. And now, you know, people have kids that, you know, my son is coming. Other people have kids um, that are coming and, and joining us now, too. So it's I don't know. It's just that alone is a really is a really cool thing. And, uh, you know it makes me kind of emotional about the movies, you know, before the movies even start. So anyway, go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, no, I think building off of that, there's so much, and this has a negative connotation, but there's just so much baggage. Um, and it's a little bit about what I talked about of the movies mean something different to everybody. And I think to us, part of going to see a star Wars movie is like this community that, mm-hmm. Really, I, I a lot of these people that I'm still very good friends with here in Minnesota are people I first met through the Force.net forums because I wanted right. to get tickets to The Phantom Menace, Episode 1, back in 1999. <laughs> yep. And that's – I've told the story I've written about on my blog that that's kind of sort of how I met my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's so much wrapped up in – just the experience of almost the ritual of we're going to get tickets, we're going to meet up at this theater, and we're going to see the movie. It just is a tradition now. And yep. it almost got derailed for me two years ago for The Force Awakens because I was in the hospital. Right, right. And I got out of the hospital, I think, two days mm-hmm. before Force Awakens came out. And I had, of course, had tickets for everybody because the tickets went on sale during a Monday night football game and I got them all. And I was like, tell my wife I was like, well, if I'm still in the hospital, you'll have to get tickets to everybody. And there was that additional stress, not to mention I was like in the hospital. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that minor detail. So, and my friend or our friend, it was funny the day before I, I had, I have a heart issue and I was exercising and passed out and, you know, got taken to the hospital and I was yep. there for a few days. But I think she felt kind of responsible because the day before I had passed out, we sat in like my downstairs and watched every Star Wars movie and a marathon, mm-hmm. episode one through Jedi. Mm-hmm. And the only break we had was to go to Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> so she was worried that like, the combination of not moving for how many ever hours that is of movies combined the Taco with, Bell. with the Taco Bell was just a recipe for almost dying. Yeah. So she jokes she's like, yeah, let's not go to Taco Bell again. <laughs> let's not do that. Yeah. So yeah. there's all that on top of going to see a new Star Wars movie. Like there's so there's right. so much tied into it. And for me, I, it took me a while to process, and that's why I didn't write about it right away. I, I think whenever the movie came out, I think the 14th, I didn't post this article until the 20th. And the title of it is My Head Cannon Exploded, The Mental Discomfort of Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember just being in the movie, being very mindful and excited of, like, wow, this is not only have I been waiting to find out what happens in this story for the last two years, but there's Luke Skywalker and this is somebody I grew up with. This is a character I've been invested in since, I don't know, the 
early 80s, like, which, I mean, I was born in 76, so Mm -hmm. I certainly missed out on Star Wars, but by Empire, when that was, like, on VHS and stuff, like, I was a fan, and certainly when Jedi came out, like, I went to see it in the theater with my dad, and was playing with toys and drawing pictures and all this stuff, so, like, I grew up with Luke, and then even after the movies, the comics and books, like, the Heir to the Empire book trilogy which was awesome it kind of continued everyone's story and luke was still luke like he was a hero he was mm-hmm. you know racing around the galaxy and solving problems and like his story continued right and now really the only glimpse you got of him in this new version of star wars is just he's this reclusive monk type character kind of similar to obi-wan it's like oh well how's how's that going to play out so you really didn't know what was going to happen right so for me there was all that kind of stress of like well what are they going to do like who who is he now is he the same guy is he somebody different and Mm -hmm. the movie is just two and a half hours of that Mm -hmm. i think for me for that first viewing they definitely zigged instead of zagged a bunch of times Mm -hmm. which i enjoyed i i I liked the movie the first time I saw it. I thought it was visually stunning. I liked. I thought the acting was good. I, it was funny in moments. Um, but it took a while just to process because afterwards I turned to my wife and I was like, I'm sweating. <laughs> She's like, that's gross. Why are you telling me that? <laughs> but it, it's not like you were sitting on the other side of me. It's not like the theater was hot. I think I was just having this stress response of being uncomfortable. Yep. And not in a bad way, but I was just activated. Mm-hmm. So I just wrote about that and why I think some of the reactions were so polarized. That, mm-hmm. And I kind of described it as the movie's a, a bit of a Rorschach test. So mm-hmm. Rorschach test is this projective test that so you're showing pictures and you have to say what they remind you of and based on your responses, it's kind of like what you ever, whatever you bring into that test and they right. can tell some things about your personality. So it seems like this movie is a Rorschach test for Star Wars fans. It's like whatever you think of Star Wars kind of is going to influence what you think about this movie. And yeah. what do you, what do you, what were your initial reactions? Well, you know, first of all, like just, I went into the movie, I, I knew very little about the movie. I think I watched the original, like the teaser trailer and like the first um, big official trailer. And I don't think I'd really watched anything after that. I'd had a few things kind of pop up for me on social media where I would see a headline or something, but I had pretty successfully avoided all the speculation, any spoilers, etc. So for me, like, in some ways, I was like you, and I'm a little older than you. I actually did see original Star Wars in the theater, so this is, you know, it's been a giant part of my life, like, especially as a kid growing up, like, was the movies that I was most, you know, into, obsessed with, whatever word you want to use. You know, I had a bunch of the toys and stuff, of course, as a kid, too, but you know, just I watched those movies over and over and over. Um, 
and uh, <laughs> funny story that like my parents still tell from time to time is that um, I had Star Wars sheets and like pillowcases and stuff growing up, and the pillow had all I think it had all of the major characters on it, roughly the size of your of a kid's head. So there was like. Luke, Leia, Han, and I'm trying to remember, maybe Darth Vader, maybe Chewbacca. I, it's been a little while since I've seen it, but Luke, Leia, Han for sure. And I used to do this thing where I would like, you know, tell my friend to like put their head on the pillow, like over the person they wanted to be. And then I would do the same thing. And at that age, which was probably like six or so i would often choose to be princess leia because i thought she was awesome <laughs> and my parents were always kind of a little like i don't think they were you particularly they were just a little curious about what that meant like not like worried not whatever about it but just like huh that's interesting <laughs> explain and, so much right <laughs> and and you know o- over time like you know we've just have come to the understanding of like a like i'm very young chris but have like identified this as a woman that i really admire and that i think is really carried through like i think that that was kind of one of the early archetypes of like what i thought was a interesting woman um you know the mixture of like being attractive and sexy but also like very strong and um you know all those things so um i came into the movie with just a lot of emotion around the fact that you know knowing that carrie fisher died after this movie and just had a lot of emotion every time she was on the screen and she's on the screen a lot like Mm -hmm. this was kind of her movie in a lot of ways and they were clearly sort of building it towards like her being the main character moving forward even you know beyond this movie as far as the old um original star wars characters go right so there was a lot of emotion for me around that um and um in general like i just i enjoyed the movie um i didn't have any major reactions one way or the other about some of the things that the internet has had reactions about, like I just, I kind of took it for what it is, which is it's a blockbuster star Wars movie. That's primarily made to be entertaining. And as far as that goes, I thought it did a really, really good job. It, uh, you know, was (laughs) continued to be far better than the prequels, just like the force awakens was. And, you know, I came out of it very satisfying. Yeah, and I had this line in my article that I deleted because it was a little off topic, but after I saw the movie, I stayed away from what I call the hot take industry, where, Mm -hmm. I I mean, there's a whole cottage industry of social commentary on everything. Right. And, I mean, I'm guilty, too. I I put up a blog post about it, and I want people to read it, and, like, I want to interact with people about it. We have a podcast. We're talking about it. So... Like, everyone does this now. Everyone has a forum. And right. everyone tries to find a, a unique take on what does this film mean? Like, why is it important? Why is it not important? Why is it good? Why is it bad? 
And I just wanted to stay away from all that because I wanted to just have my own thoughts and mm-hmm. not have it influenced by everything else. But like you said, I mean, it it is – I mean, I think it means more than this, but it, at the end of the day, it's a movie. And right. it's two and a half hours of, of entertainment, and it definitely takes on – bigger things for a, a variety of people. And, you know, I even got into that and saw my article about the diversity in the movie and why that's, in, yep. and why that's important um, and, and meaningful. But I think from your standpoint, you're just trying to be like, yeah, it's a movie. I enjoyed it. And now I'm going to go get mad at street fighter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you and I, um, since the, the last, uh, or, or I guess, you know, we had Rogue One in between, but since The Force Awakens, we've been on this group that was started by an old um, friend of mine from Atlanta who's another big Star Wars person um, to just kind of talk about the movies and spoilers and whatnot. And like the first time around with The Force Awakens, I was kind of into it. And then this time as people talked about it, I just kind of found myself having this reaction of like, you know, what I just said before of like, it's a blockbuster movie for entertainment. Like we're going to, you know, people just get so into the menu and that's, you know, that's people being excited about a movie that's like been, you know, just like we've been talking about, like has been important to them since they were little kids. Um, for most of the people that are, you know, probably on that thing, cause they're all, you know, roughly around our age and whatnot. But, you know, people just get so, into all this minutia and details and canon and not canon and blah, 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 and just arguing about little things. And I've, I've contributed here or there to that group. Um, but by and large, I just kind of, you know, I, maybe it's just me slowly transforming into cranky old man, but I just want to be like, you know, there's bigger, bigger issues to talk about than, you know, whether or not Luke hiding on a planet is consistent with his character arc from previous stories. And, you know, I don't know. It just, and then we, we haven't really talked about like, you know, the internet lost its mind. And, um, I think it's that pretty never well, happens. Right. I think it's pretty well established at this point that a big part of that is a very, small minority that are these, uh, you know, I don't want to group them all together, but you know, it's um, predominantly male and it's some of the same people that um, maybe were interested in things like Gamergate and they're being, you know, they're really offended, I guess, for lack of a better way of putting it, that, you know, there was so much diversity put in their face and there was, you know, a part of the story that could very much be interpreted as sort of anti-capitalism, um, even anti-Trump, if you wanted to go there. And uh, these people orchestrated a campaign that they, you know, they organized through Reddit and 4chan and those kinds of places to bring down the rating on Rotten Tomatoes and people created bots and blah, blah, blah. And there was a big backlash where Rotten Tomatoes realized that they were, were manipulating the, the score and trying to adjust it. And, you know, it's been a big thing, which just 
again, in and of itself is like just, you know, it's a Star Wars movie, people. And, you know, a relatively good one when there was so much time in our lives that we just kind of thought we were never going to get any more Star Wars movies. And then when we did, we got three pretty bad ones. And now suddenly we get, you know, pretty good Star Wars movies again. And like, just enjoy that. (laughs) Stop, Stop taking it so seriously. Something that comes to mind as you're talking about that is this, and we've, I think we've talked about this in some other realms in terms of like entertainment, and it's harder to enjoy something in isolation. Mm-hmm. Like everything's this shared experience with social media. Like I said, there's articles about, and I'm sure this kind of stuff existed back when we were young, but it was much, it was a much smaller scale. Like. You saw a big movie franchise, and you talked about it with your friends. Right. And maybe that spilled over into other conversations at school. But it's you didn't have this – you didn't have access to everybody's opinion yep. about the movie or sites that cultivated thousands of reviews about a movie. You just got to enjoy it a bit in isolation. And – I think what you're talking about gets it just sounds like you want to you want to enjoy it on your own terms and not really worry about what 50 other people or 5000 or 5 million other people on the internet think about it. Well, I mean just ultimately like this is not, you know, it's not Citizen Kane, it's not going to be nominated for a bunch of Academy Awards outside of, you know, like you know, potentially like visual effects and that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know, man. Adam Driver is pretty damn good. I know he's not <laughs> going to get nominated, but he's he had a good performance. Yeah, uh, Adam is a he's an interesting dude. Um, and so, you know, and again, like, I don't mean to like dismiss anybody's passion for anything, because God knows I have a lot of you know nerdy interests and. You know, however many years ago, I would be right there with them in terms of talking about like the original trilogy and like what should a new trilogy look like, you know, and things like that. But I don't know, just like so many things, like it just feels like we take so much stuff so seriously that like people were so upset about what they perceived some of the messages and political undertones of the movie that they created programs created bots to drive down the rating on Rotten Tomatoes or they created a huge um, you know online petition to have it removed as being canon and like that's that's where we are right now like <laughs> just I don't know well and, and shifting gears a little bit it's it's kind of it's the end of that era right? like Han and Luke and Leia are, except unless Luke shows up as a force ghost in the future, like those characters are gone mm-hmm. from, from that universe. Yeah. Are, and, are we going to give a spoiler warning before uh, people <laughs> listen if, to this? <laughs> uh, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, then yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll I'll put that up and in, in <laughs> right. show notes. I'll put that up. Yeah. But yeah, I mean. Luke kind of does his Yoda at the end of the movie where 
he fades away from the strain of doing that force projection across the galaxy, which I saw it a second time last mm-hmm. night. And they actually kind of referenced that being a possibility earlier in the movie, which I caught this time and totally missed the first time. Right. Because um, Kylo is like trying to think of how he and Ray are connecting. And he says, you couldn't be doing this. The, the effort would kill you. Mm-hmm. Which to me kind of sets up Luke doing that, like the effort did kill him, and maybe right. he lost the will to live, like Padme, and just decided to die. <laughs> but <laughs> I took it as more like he just faded from that effort. That, right. that was my interpretation. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there was a lot going on in that movie, and it, you know. I think I have told you while we were talking a little bit about it. Like it felt a bit like, um, I don't know, like maybe there are kind of a lot of cooks in that kitchen that like, you know, the story started one way and then a lot of different ideas got thrown in there. Like it was a little disjointed and like Luke was interested. I thought was interesting at the beginning or, you know, in the early part of the movie because he's he's just kind of done with things and you know there were some really funny moments around that and then it didn't really and maybe you felt differently when you saw it a second time because I've only seen it the once but I didn't feel like we really had a sense of why suddenly he was willing to do what he did I don't know what are your thoughts about that yeah some of the parts that I thought were a little incoherent the first time seemed a bit more coherent because I knew it was coming and you can kind of connect dots a little bit easier. I think he's still reluctant. He never leaves that planet. Like doesn't, doesn't try to follow anybody to quote unquote, save the day or anything. It's almost like that final interaction with, with Leia and, you know, facing down Kylo. It's just sort of his way of, saying goodbye mm-hmm. and trying to you know make some amends in some weird way um but yeah in the middle of the movie it's he is very gruff <laughs> he just wants to be left alone it's it's kind of funny i mean he has the interaction with r2 that that's you know sort of funny and he even jokes like you know that's a that's a cheap move when he shows the projection of Leia, um, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was kind of genuine, and that sort of made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. With any of these movies, I, I think you have to have some suspension of disbelief. Like one right. of the things I think we've talked about is, I I always try to figure out like how long was Luke on Dagobah training, because. It seems like when you actually go back and watch Empire, like he's maybe with Yoda a couple of days. (laughs) Right. And I always think of that time as like, well, he was there for months and like learning all these lessons. But like he really wasn't there that long if you try to figure out the chronology of events. Um, But you just kind of you just have to sort of go with it. Right. Um, Because it's blockbuster entertainment. Yeah. I don't know. I. And that's, again, you make up your own sort of, it's your own headcanon of <laughs> why people are doing things and what their motivations are. And 
Like, yeah, that was one of the things that bugged me about Rogue One is that it screwed up with my headcanon about how Vader tracked down Leia. Like, I always thought there was some kind of investigative work or spy stuff. And it's like, no, I just watched her leave 20 minutes ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, which and was a just... little little flimsy. Like, definitely yeah. does not perfectly match up with what came before it. And I think, like, that's sort of what, to me, this movie was really aggressively going for which was like to not have those really convenient coincidences or whatever you want to call them that have become kind of a thing in the star wars movies right like everybody's related to everybody and you know anakin built c-3po and just all the things that you know were kind of frustrating especially about the prequels yeah i was when they go to that casino world, I was just like, they, I was like, we're going to see Lando. Lando's going to be here. Right. <laughs> and then he wasn't, and I was kind of bummed out. I was like, oh, yeah. I guess there's Benicio del Toro. Oh, right. They cast him in this movie. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I, I this uh, Upon the second viewing, that whole sequence was didn't seem as incoherent, but it still mm-hmm. seems a little long. They probably could have cut some of that um the first time i saw it i was like man they just finn needed something to do he just didn't have much to do in this movie it the second time the second viewing he seems more like his motivation seemed to be to survive so ray has somebody to find which seems a little bit more consistent with his character but the first time i saw it it was like what is happening here this doesn't seem to fit Right, that was a little bit of the some of the disjointedness that I was talking about. Like, it kind of felt like, you know, you just kind of felt like there were some script revisions and like there were some big ideas that like <laughs> maybe didn't fully get fleshed out because things got reworked and whatnot. But yeah, again, and any it, overall, the the movie was enjoyable, and you know, I I appreciated that they didn't conform to what I think were a lot of people's expectations that we were going to find out that Ray was you know a Kenobi or Ray was you know a Skywalk Sky- or a Solo or Ray or was a Sol- yeah. yeah that that was gonna be, you know there were a lot of those expectations that they almost you know in the end, like almost kind of overdone that they were like any expectation like that you have, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to go the other way. And we're kind of, uh, you know, and in some ways to me, it almost felt like we're getting ready of all this old stuff because we're ready to tell sort of new stories in this universe. And like, we're tired of you kind of holding on to these old characters that the actors are old. Now we, we want to do new things with new people. It's almost kind of what it felt like the ultimate message was there. Well, and even in the marketing now in retrospect, I mean, all the lines of dialogue they highlighted in the trailers are about this idea of kill the past, you know, the Jedi have to die and like watching the movie, the, one of the first things Luke does is he tosses his lightsaber like over a cliff. Right. <laughs> and it's funny, but it's like, whoa, that's weird. I, mm-hmm. That seems really strange that that would happen. And Luke just does that for the first half. I mean, most of the movie, he's just kind of telling Ray and the audience 
what you think you know you don't know, and that's yep. not how it's going to go in the future. Right. And when you watch the movie in that frame of reference, it's like, oh, yeah, they're kind of being heavy-handed with telling the audience, like, we're taking this in a new direction, which mm. I enjoy. I I mean, sure, would I have enjoyed, like, Luke being Luke again and doing backflips and, you know, swinging his lightsaber like a Louisville slugger? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, sure. Like, I was, And I was even thinking during the first time I saw the movie because they showed – Luke's X-Wing underwater. I'm like, oh, is he going to fly in and like save the day and start like taking out some walkers again? Like that, this, that would be great. And they could have done that. That would have been easy. And I think the path they took was much harder. And I, I appreciate them challenging the audience a bit. And maybe that's giving them too much credit, but I, I, I appreciate that they, like looked at this guy's script and I'm sure there were a lot of people involved, but they said, yeah, yes, this is the star Wars movie we're going to film and put out there. I just Mm -hmm. think it's, they took a lot of chances and I'm there for it. So I I have no idea what episode nine is going to be about. I guess somebody had said like, well, it's obviously Jedi. She has to redeem Kylo, but I don't know. I don't know where it goes. Yeah. I don't know. And like, I, I don't, mean to be whatever about it but like i i don't really care like i'll enjoy it when it comes out but you know in some sense i think if we want to get a little deep about it i think uh, all of us of a certain age are wanting these movies to sort of help us relive some pretty like you know fun magical moments as kids and you know it's just it's not gonna be that you know we're not kids anymore the 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 actors that we grew up with are super old if not you know no longer with us in several cases and it's just it's not gonna be the same and i i do think in some ways this movie was like ripping off that band-aid of like if if we're gonna keep making good and interesting star wars movies and i think Disney's pretty clearly got plans to make good, interesting Star Wars movies till the end of time. Like we kind of got a break with like people's expectations of, you know, these are going to be the main characters and wanting to see these same old people because it's not really possible. I mean, literally in some cases and just, you know, like even if, if they wanted to still do Han Solo, like I don't think Harrison Ford wants to, to, be around for that um, in a major way. Well, and even, I mean, I don't think like Daisy Ridley and the new actors and actresses, I don't, I think they have one more movie in them. Yep. And then they probably want to go and do other stuff in their career and not Mm -hmm. be in this world for the end of time. Um, Not end up being Mark Hamill or Carrie Fisher where like these movies define who they are and they don't really do you know, a lot of movies outside of that. Yeah. And so I know they've, there's the Han Solo movie next year, which I'm incredibly cautiously optimistic about. Um, I like the cast. I just think it's, it's a really difficult idea to pull off. I hope they do it. Uh, mm-hmm. It just seems like a bad idea, but I'm sure I'll be there opening night 
same theater with everybody else. <laughs> we'll be there. <laughs> we'll be there. Um, and then doing this podcast and episode nine, and then uh, the writer director of this past film is going to do a new non Skywalker trilogy, whatever that means. That they haven't really released too many details. So yeah, I mean, I definitely think they're going to keep churning out Star Wars movies, um, and they don't all have to connect to the stuff from you know. 1980 it can, it can it's a big universe they can do a lot of things yep and it'll be interesting to see yeah because uh, <clears throat> i haven't read a bunch about this new trilogy but the one thing that i did see said like you know this is going to be all new nothing no familiar characters in the movie at all um and frankly that's a crutch that they've been relying on for a long time is that people do have this emotional connection to these original characters. And, you know, even with the prequels, like, you know, we immediately found ways to work in R2-D2 and C-3PO and sometimes in unfortunate ways. And, you know, obviously people knew what was going to happen with the main storyline, but, you know, there were right away, there were familiar people that, we know as their younger selves. And so to see them break from that completely will be kind of interesting to see both what they do and like, you know, do, do people care? Like just, just putting that star Wars label on it, um, work or do they have to make something really interesting, which would be fun if like they make some, you know, really good different movies and go in some different directions. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, it sounds like that's kind of <laughs> what happened unsuccessfully with the Han Solo movie, that they initially hired some people to do something pretty different. And they were looking to do something that had like a lot more humor to it. And then, um, you know, kind of the gatekeepers um, for Star Wars said, nope, <laughs> and right. fired those directors and brought in ron howard and you know to try to fix a problem so uh, i don't know it'll be interesting to see yeah yeah I, I we don't have to get into prequels that's another podcast entirely <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but no i it was great to see the movie with you and uh it's always fun when will your son's there and i forget what he said to me afterwards but it was something hilarious um I can't remember, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he's always good for some <laughs> from interesting quotes about things. So, well, I think that does it for the show. I think we talked about old video games and, and Star Wars for uh, a good chunk of time. So, um, <clears throat> I could talk about Star Wars for the next twelve hours. So, got to break it off at some point. But I liked the movie. I liked it a second time. I um, Eager to see how they wrap up this part of the story. Find out in a couple of years. Um, but yeah, Star Wars is still Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, I just think, you know, when you see these movies, and hopefully anybody listening has seen them because we've kind of done spoilers, but like, if you didn't love it, like, watch it again as your, you know, 10 year old self. Like, that's kind of what I try to do. And, you know, enjoy it and on that level because that's kind of what these movies are supposed to be 
again, spoiler alert, last night when I saw it, I think the moment that stood out to me is the whole scene with Ray, Kylo, and Snoke, and when Kylo sort of turns and the music swells and there's this dramatic moment, like, that's Star Wars, you know? Yeah, that, and that whole battle that takes place afterwards, like that, for me, was, I mean, that's what 11-year-old me would have been like, yeah. yes! <laughs> yeah, anything that gives you chills as, you know, a jaded 41-year-old man is, like, you got to hang on to that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I enjoyed it. Thank all the people for making that movie, for taking chances and keeping me, like, literally on the edge of my seat the first time I saw it. So um, we should do this more often. It's been a while. Hopefully 2018 can bring a little bit of a smoother road for both of us. Yes, let's hope. Uh, let's hope. So, um, yeah, I don't know if we honed in on a good title for this episode, but we'll figure it out. Ooh, that's a good point. Um, maybe just smoother road is a good one. <laughs> um, or like, you know, we spoiled The Last Jedi, but it's been weeks. I mean, if go see the movie. Right. Um, right on. Anything to plug or how can people find you? Uh, you know, I've been saying it before, but, um, you know, I think as far as this podcast goes, uh, interacting with us on Twitter is the, the best way. So, um, you know, you can find me at GeekZinga on Twitter. Yep, and I'm at the IDM, so uh, if you come across a podcast, uh, definitely give us some feedback, agree with something, disagree with something, uh, let us know about it. So we will see you again in the future, hopefully sooner than four months. So <laughs> we right. hope to be back sooner than that. Take care, everybody.